Isaiah 40, starting at verse 21 and reading through verse 31. Do you not know? Have you not heard? Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood since the earth was founded? He sits enthroned above the circle of the earth, and its people are like grasshoppers. He stretches out the heavens like a canopy, spreads them out like a tent to live in. He brings princes to naught and reduces the rulers of this world to nothing. No sooner are they planted, no sooner are they sown, no sooner do they take root in the ground that he blows on them and they wither. A whirlwind sweeps them away like chaff. To whom will you compare me? Who is my equal? says the Holy One. Lift, lift up your eyes. Lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all these? He who brings out the starry host one by one and calls forth each of them by name. And because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. So why do you complain, Jacob? Why do you say, Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord? My cause is disregarded by my God. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of all the earth, he will not grow tired or weary. In his understanding, no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even, even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength they will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Isaiah has a difficult job, which actually isn't all that remarkable of a thing to say because all God's prophets have difficult jobs. That's just kind of part of being a prophet. It's, it's part of the, the job of being entrusted with God's word. <clears throat> and oftentimes, to be honest, most of the time, prophets have to say exactly what people do not want to hear but what they definitely need to hear. And oftentimes, 
most of the time. Those are words of judgment and conviction, words of challenge and rebuke, words of repentance and renewal. But here the prophet has a different, difficult task ahead of him. He has to convince a weary people that God has not disregarded them, that God has not forgotten them, even though their present circumstances show all evidence to the contrary. The book of Isaiah covers a lot of history. It covers a lot of ground. And and here in chapter 40, we are joining God's people when they have been forcibly removed from their homes by the dominant political power of their time, of Babylon. They have been uprooted. They have been undone. They've been exiled to a foreign land. Their temple demolished. Their neighborhoods emptied and their homes destroyed. They are weary because they have lost everything. And and we hear their voice in verse 27 here. Isaiah repeats what they're saying. And, And they're saying, looking around at what's going on, and they're saying, my way is hidden from the Lord. My cause is disregarded by my God. And and the prophet frames it as a complaint. And and we might be tempted to hear this complaint in a whiny voice, kind of like a toddler who wants ice cream for dinner rather than the meat and potatoes that's in front of them. They're complaining about something they have no right to complain about. But the language of complaint is the language of of the Psalms. (laughs) Language of lament. Of of looking around at one's circumstances and just not quite seeing how in the world God's presence is with us or at work around us. Looking around, I, I must be hidden from God or disregarded. So maybe hear this question, not as a complaint, as we're kind of quick to consider it, as whining, but as an honest wondering by God's still faithful people, right? They're disregarded by my God. But to hear it with, I think, with a voice of sadness, a voice of of resignation, a voice of just deep disappointment. Because from the people's perspective, if Babylon has won by destroying their temple, which is the very symbol of God's presence and power and protection of God's people, if Babylon has won by driving them out from the land that God gave to their ancestors, well then, either God must not see what's happening or God must not really care. If Babylon has won, for enemies have triumphed, they've won, we've lost, and maybe God has lost us. And this weary and 
deeply disheartened people, far from home, heartbroken. They just can't imagine a third option that makes sense of their present circumstances. Either we're hidden from God or we're disregarded. They don't have strength or imagination enough to consider another possibility. There was a Harvard study on sleep and memory. It came out a few years ago. And it was during the time in which sleep deprivation was a pretty big thing in my life, having uh, a newborn at the time. And, and the study showed how lack of sleep, or un, unrestful sleep, not that truly deep, good sleep, how fitful sleep, lack of sleep, can affect our long-term memory. The less sleep you get, or the, the lower quality of sleep you get, it actually dulls your ability to recall memories, to hold new ones, to, to make new memories. And so if we're anxious or stressed or losing sleep over what's going on around us, it, it can turn into a vicious cycle where our memory dulls and it becomes so much harder to remember a time when we weren't stressed or anxious. And it becomes so much harder to look up and see past the circumstances around you. It becomes a vicious cycle where you can't see past what's in front of you. You can't remember even a time that was different. It becomes harder, cloudier, more distant. It, that might be kind of familiar to you right now. We're, we're kind of each stuck in our own version of the movie Groundhog Day, or Palm Springs, if you're an Andy Samberg fan. We're living the same day over and over and over again. And our present circumstances can kind of close in and seem like all there is for us. We have a hard time remembering what it was like before. We have a hard time imagining what's going to go happen in the future. And our stressed body is just keep us from imagining a different possibility. And so we only know our present exhaustion, our present isolation, our present loneliness. And for many of us, it just takes more than we have right now to imagine anything else or to remember anything else. And that can leave us feeling disregarded and disappointed, and more than a little weary. So how does Isaiah speak to God's weary people? What does he say to fulfill his task, his job of convincing them that they're not disregarded? He starts off with asking a few rhetorical questions which is everyone's favorite way of being talked to, right? I love rhetorical questions. No, I don't. Usually it's very kind of condescending. Don't you know? Meaning you had better know. Of course you know. So do you not know? Have you not heard? Has it not been told to you from the very beginning, from when the earth was founded? 
And then the prophet goes big, reminding them that God is not some national deity tied to land borders, but that their God pitches his tent among the stars and sits so far above the circle of the earth that to God we all look like a bunch of grasshoppers. Tiny, minuscule, inconsequential grasshoppers. If Isaiah was trying to convince them that God noticed them, maybe not the best way to start by comparing them to grasshoppers. Maybe not the best pastoral wisdom in in that one. But Isaiah's doing something by comparing them to grasshoppers. He's, He's helping them see something different, having a different perspective on what they're experiencing. Isaiah encourages them to lift up your eyes. Lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all these? Lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all of this? He's nudging them to take their eyes from just what's in front of them and to lift them up encouraging them to look up and look around, to remember how big their God truly is in all of his power and might and creativity. Power that is not about squashing us like insignificant grasshoppers, but power and the presence of God at work in the world around us, in our present circumstances and beyond our present circumstances. And you would think from a prophet who is used to speaking harsh words of judgment and conviction, of challenge and repentance, that he would get a little angry at them for not being able to answer his rhetorical questions. He might get a little shouty. He might yell a little bit knock some sense into them or pour a bucket of cold water on them to wake them up or argue with them until they get it. But instead, he, he names their fear that they've been forgotten, that they are disregarded. And then he kneels down next to them in their exhaustion, in their weariness, and he speaks gentle words of hope, of grace. Do you not know? Have you not heard? Let me tell you. Remember your God is the everlasting God the very creator of the ends of the earth. There there is no place that he does not see, no place where you could be hidden from his sight or be beyond his notice or attention. And, And it's true that no one can fathom what our God knows, least of all us little grasshoppers. But the very one who knows the starry hosts by name, galaxies upon galaxies of them, and doesn't forget a single one, 
Dear ones, how could your God ever forget you? And your God, do you not remember? Your God, who never grows tired or weary, has not disregarded you in your weakness. He doesn't pay attention to you only when you're strong. But he is the one who gives strength to the weary. He's the one who gives you power when you are weak. Because that is who our God is. The one who gives strength to the weary. Power to the weak. As I phoned and Zoomed and walked with many of you over the past year, when it comes to asking what you need, how I can best be praying for you or with you, the answer has often been, I need strength. Please, please pray for strength. Strength to hold things together. Strength to just kind of keep putting one foot in front of the other. Strength to endure the present circumstances around you. And, and this week as I carried this portion of Isaiah with me, I wondered, I wondered what, what those answered prayers might look like in your life. What does it look like for God to have answered that prayer and to do what Isaiah tells us our God just does, which is giving strength to the weary, which has been so many of your prayers throughout this time. And so I posted this question on social media. I invited responses, thinking maybe I'd just get a couple that I could share with you all this morning. And the emails and the messages and the phone calls have been overwhelming. Not, not just from folks here at Community, but from folks I haven't talked to in a long time, a childhood friend. Hi, Lindsay. Because it struck a tone, it struck something to be able to say where God has strengthened us, to be able to bear witness to God's power and presence in our life, despite our circumstances. And so I can't share all of them with you. It was uh, a practice. It was reading through your responses and your wisdom and the ways God has strengthened you, strengthened me. <laughs> it was a gift of strength to me this week. And so I can only highlight a few. There was a member who works in a long-term care home. She described how she prays for strength each day as she walks into work, not knowing what unexpected or hard thing will be asked of her not knowing what residence rooms she might be asked to help pack up, or how she will be a comforting and, and strong presence for someone new coming in to the home, moving in in a very scary time. And she describes God strengthening her through the faith of the ones she cares for, these older saints who carry such stories with them, who carry such faith with them. 
and their faith strengthens hers. Her connections with those she loves and serves, God uses to strengthen her. Another person shared how their life came to a halt. They had to take a leave from work and everything just stopped for them. And, and they experienced God's strengthening, renewing their strength by having to do the hard thing of saying yes to other people's help. <laughs> For a proud person who doesn't like to receive help, this was a difficult thing. But by facing and realizing their own limits, their own weaknesses, they said it not only, God didn't only just strengthen them personally through that, carry them personally through that, but it also strengthened their bonds of friendship with those around them. A young stay-at-home mom with littles at home shared how she asked for strength every day. And she has seen how God has renewed her strength through hard and frank conversations with her husband, through taking time in the midst of household chaos to draw closer to God in prayer and scripture reading, even little snippets. And most importantly, with learning to let go of so much of what she wants to control. Letting go moved her to trust. Trust in the one who holds her. And others talked about doing exactly what Isaiah encourages. Lifting their eyes to the heavens. Going on walks. Looking at the stars feeling their feet on the ground and the bigness of everything around them and drawing strength from the immensity of God's creation around them. Feeling like a grasshopper, not in a way that minimizes them, but in a way that offers perspective. And someone else wrote about a particularly hard season of their life. They had a parent in the hospital it was a hospital in Toronto, and so they were driving back and forth from KW to Toronto many times, many evenings uh, a week. This was going on for some time. And they worked during the day, and it was just hard and draining. And they wrote that they got to a point, I couldn't pray anymore. I couldn't pray anymore. I was exhausted from driving several evenings a week from KW to, to Toronto. It was draining. And because I shared that I couldn't pray anymore, I had friends who took it upon themselves to take turns praying for me. And even as I type this, I have tears of thankfulness for those friends, even years later. Over and over and over again, the stories you shared Witness to the work of God when we are at the end of our limits. When we are at the, the end of our own strength. When we have pushed past our own abilities to hold or consider or understand. And that, that God's promise to, to renew us, to give us strength, it, it doesn't come to us like a power-up in a video game where he just kind of allows you to shoot in and go to the next level. but it comes through moments of connection and encouragement. 
moments of connection and encouragement that build and enable us to endure what is in front of us. And the gift of strength comes when we know we cannot continue on our own. And finally, in our weariness, we find that we can't pretend otherwise. Isaiah recognizes this truth here at the end of the passage. He recognizes that no one is immune from weariness, no matter how strong they are. He writes that youths grow tired and weary, young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. The Lord will give strength not to those who have it all together (laughs) or those who try the hardest or those who pray the most or those who otherwise are strong and got it together. But to those who know their weariness, who know their exhaustion and who hope not in their own strength but in the Lord. And I, I, love, I love how honest Isaiah is here at the end. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Do you notice the progression? Wouldn't it make more sense to move from walking to running to soaring? Kind of like a takeoff. You walk, you run. You're flying like an eagle. I think there's real-life truth to the way Isaiah does it here, the way he presents this promise. We may experience moments of soaring like eels. We may have stretches of our lives where we are running, and we are running with sheer joy and clear purpose, and the wind is just whipping past us. But much, much of our life is lived in the walking, the day-by-day, day-in and day-out, walk of faith. And the promise of God is not just for when we need to soar on the wings of eagles. Not not just when we're, we're running with clear purpose. But in the daily present circumstances of our lives. Each day. Every day. So may you know and experience. May you know and experience the strength of God in your own weariness. Whatever that may look like or feel like. May you know and trust that you are not disregarded or forgotten. But you are held. You are noticed by the creator who knows each star by name. And may you remember and believe that in Jesus, God has shown us the lengths to which he will go to be with us, to be for us. Even us little grasshoppers. So people of God, lift up your eyes to the heavens. 
Lift up your eyes and look to the sky. Where does your help come from? Our help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Our Lord, maker of heaven and earth, we come before you as your people. Some of us are running with sheer joy. Some of us are soaring on the wings of eagles. And some of us are just hoping to walk and not be faint. And we know that you see each one of us. You are with each one of us. So I ask that we have eyes to see, that we're able to receive and know all the ways in our lives in which you are strengthening us, holding us up, enabling us to walk, to run, to soar. And may we also be ones who give strength to others. Use us to be the ones to be praying for each other to be reaching out in those moments where we're needed, where you are needed. May we strengthen each other as your people, weary and joyful. We praise your name, our creator God. In the name of Jesus, our God with us, we pray. Amen.